Thank you, choir. And now let's join together in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we thank you and we praise you for allowing us to be here and to worship you on this morning. As we gather together as a community of faith, bless us, Lord, with your power and your presence. Bless the words of our mouths and the thoughts of our minds so that all that we do and all that we say can be holy and acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ our Lord we pray. Amen. So someone that I know and love, not here, so none of you know this person, but back in Massachusetts, recently checked themselves into rehab. They had realized that the drugs that they had been using to try to numb the pain were not really numbing the pain, but instead they were eventually going to kill them if they had kept that up. And so they went and they told their mother about what they'd been doing and and the kind of trouble that they were finding themselves in. And they, they confessed everything to their mother and said that they wanted to get some help. And so Their mother, the next morning, brought them right to the rehab facility that night that they had found a place that he would be able to go. And then that next morning, the mother brought her son, who has a drug addiction, to a rehab facility so that he could go and he could check himself in. And this rehab facility is inside of a hospital, so it's just one of the floors inside a larger hospital in Massachusetts. And so they arrive, and as you know, when you go to a hospital, there's that front desk that you go and you check into. And so they went there, and it was a security guard who was sitting there at the front desk and she's like, well, what can I do for you? And he makes like a silly self-deprecating kind of joke about how he's checking himself into rehab. And the security guard looks at him and she's like, don't say it that way. She's like, you are here to get help. She's like, you want to save your life. She's like, that is amazing. She's like, I am so proud of you. I know how much courage this takes to be here today. This security guard who didn't know this young man from Adam, he's, she's like, you are awesome, and I am so proud of you for being here. She's like, give me a high five, and she makes him stand up and, and give her a nice big high five. And by the time that young man checked himself into rehab, he had a huge smile on his face, and even though he could have checked himself out at any point after that he stayed for the entire duration and I think it has something to do with that security guard who told him how proud she was of him and said give me a high five you are awesome and you know what I think that that's the way that Jesus feels when we turn away from something that's hurting us whenever we turn away from something that's causing us pain something toxic something that's hurting us or hurting others, whatever it may be, when we turn away from that and when we turn back to God's plan for us, I think Jesus responds a bit like that security guard. I think Jesus is like, that's awesome. You're awesome. Give me a high five. We might not hear Jesus say that, but I'm pretty sure that all those angels in heaven are rejoicing whenever we turn away from something that is harmful and toxic and we turn back back to God's plan for us. However, this was completely different from all of the other religious people at the time of Jesus. At the time of Jesus, the religious people were totally judgmental which unfortunately there still are religious people who are judgmental today, but back then it was really, really bad. Religious people thought that they were better than others, and at the time of Jesus, religious people did not want to help one another, especially not if somebody was struggling in some way. 
And the Pharisees, they not only judged those who were suffering, but they also judged Jesus for hanging out with sinners. And so Jesus, time and time again, used parables of a sheep and a shepherd, which is kind of funny because back then, shepherds were not liked. Now we think, oh, the image of a sheep and a shepherd, it's such a beautiful image. But back then, people didn't like shepherds because you know what shepherds did not do? They didn't bathe very frequently. They were out there in the fields and they were out there with with their sheep all day and all night. They didn't have much time to go in and to bathe and and whatever they made their way from one place to another, they they went with a whole entire cohort of sheep following them, even if it meant, meant traipsing through somebody else's property or even if it meant traipsing through the town. And so people didn't really like the shepherds very much, but Jesus, he always uses these parables of sheep and a shepherd. And who's the shepherd? Jesus. And who's the sheep? Us. You guessed it us. We are his sheep. And Jesus wants to make this abundantly clear as he is talking with people who know that they're not perfect. By the way, raise your hand if you know you're not perfect. People who know that they're not perfect. People who know that they've messed up. Jesus looks at all these people and he looks at us. He says, if just one of you is lost, I would risk everything to save you. If just one of you is lost, I would leave all of the others to get you and to find you. That's how much I love you. That is what Jesus says to the crowd. Because unlike the judgmental Pharisees, Jesus loves every single one of us. And I, when I say love, I mean love in the most unconditional way. Jesus loves every single one of us, whether we are sinful or whether we think we are holier than all others. Jesus loves us whether we've got life figured out or whether we've messed up a time or two. Jesus loves us so much that when one of us repents, when one of us goes from being lost to being found, I am pretty sure sure that the angels start high-fiving in heaven and everybody starts rejoicing and the Holy Spirit surrounds us and so much that we can feel that rejoicing right there with us. When we turn away from something that's causing us harm, when we turn away from something that's causing us pain or others pain, when we turn away from that, And when we turn back to the peace and the presence of God, even the angels rejoice. That's what we learn when we, when we read through this. And, and the thing is, I think that sometimes we think that when we're on the wrong path or when we're making mistakes in our lives, I think that sometimes we feel remorse and we think that God doesn't love us anymore because we've messed up too much. I think sometimes when we make mistakes in our lives, by the way, I've made a few mistakes in my life and I continue to make them. I wish I didn't, but you know, I still continue to do. When we make mistakes in our lives, sometimes we think, well, I've messed up so much, God's not going to love me anymore 
anymore. I messed up so much and, and God might not love me because of, of X, Y, or Z. I've messed up so much. I don't know if God really cares about me anymore. And the reason that we think that is because we think that God's love is conditional. We think that we need to do something in order for God to love us. But here's the reality, and I hope every single person here knows this. God's love is not conditional. God's love is unconditional. That means that no matter what, God loves us. Even when we mess up, even if we're going down the wrong path, and maybe God doesn't like that path we're going down very much, even if we're going down that wrong path, God still loves us unconditionally so much that when we're going down that wrong path, it's like Jesus and the Holy Spirit are just pulling us, being like, come on, come on back to me. Come on, I know you can turn around. And then the second that we turn around, what does Jesus want to do? Jesus wants to give us that high five and say, you did it. I'm so proud of you. And he gives us the strength. Exactly. There's another person who I know and love, again, back in Massachusetts, and so nobody that you guys know, another person that I know and love who also had taken a, a wrong path. So there's so many drugs out there in this world. It's just so heartbreaking right now. They had also done a wrong, taken a wrong path in their life, and, and they were finding themselves addicted to drugs and to alcohol and too much stuff that was way too harmful for them. And then finally, they hit rock bottom, and when they hit rock bottom, they had a bit of a wake-up call. They're like, this is not what I want for my life, that bit of that wake-up call that they had. And so they left their job because their job was where they got all of those drugs from. And sometimes the job that you're in might not be the right place for you. So they left that job because that job was too toxic. They left that job, and they enrolled in the community college, and they started taking classes until they found a subject that they really liked. And even though they had thought that they had messed up so bad that their life was beyond repair, even though that they, they thought, well, I'm, I'm more behind than all the people that I had gone to school with, you know, I, I don't think I can catch up. Even though they felt that way, they pushed their way through school. They found a job that was not a bad environment for them. And they pushed their way through school until they ended up finishing that community college and then switching to, to a four-year college where now they're getting ready to graduate with a 4.0 GPA in the job of their dreams because you know what happens sometimes we mess up in life sometimes okay I'm not saying sometimes we will all mess up in our life if you want to guarantee I'm going to tell you that every single one of us is going to make some pretty big mistakes in our lives we are all going to mess up in our lives it is inevitable we would love for our children not to mess up we would love to keep them safe but the reality is that every single one of us is going to mess up in our lives but when we do mess up when we think that maybe we've hit rock bottom and there's no turning back there is always turning back that's why Jesus tells us to repent. There is always turning back. There is always repentance. And when we turn back to God, it is like Jesus has given us high fives and saying, this is the way for you. Not only does Jesus give us the strength, but it's almost like Jesus lights up that path that God has planned for us so that it's more clear for us so that we can do what we need to do in order to succeed. Anybody here listen to Christian music a lot, even when you're not at church? I love, I love the hands shooting up. I do to the point that I wonder if my kids like only really know Christian music and they don't know much else. Well, a little bit of Taylor Swift because I love Taylor Swift. But otherwise, you know, we always listen to Christian music in the car and there's this song that I've been listening to a lot lately and it's called Me On Your Mind. Anybody heard that song, Me On Your Mind? Well, it's this, this song. It actually starts with talking about sheep and a shepherd, and it's a song called Me on Your Mind. And the reality is, uh, the part of this song, it's teaching us that we are always on God's mind. Even when we are stuck in a mess like lost sheep, we are always on God's mind. 
Even when we are lost and we are afraid, we are always on God's mind. Even when our face is stuck in the mud, metaphorically or literally, we are always on God's mind. And the second that we go from being lost to being found, the second that we get out of that mess, the second that we pull our face out of the mud, the second that we do that, the Holy Spirit rejoices. Friends, I tell you all this because a lot of us know this, but the reality is that sometimes we get lost. These views are not as full as they should be because sometimes we get lost. Sometimes we find ourselves on a wrong path. Sometimes we realize that we've made one too many mistake after another. Sometimes we get lost and it is okay because getting lost is just a part of life. But being lost cannot be the end of it. Because after we are lost, we need to make sure that we are found. And when we are found, that's when we turn around and we turn back to God. When we are found, that's when we realize that we have not messed up our life too much, but God can put us back on the right path. When we are found, that's when we realize that God is with us, that God's love is not conditional, but God's love is unconditional for us, and nothing that we do can ever make God not love us. And when we go from being lost down a bad path to being found and to be directed on the right path that God has for us, that's when Jesus is like, high five! I knew Bob would give me a high five. That's why I was coming for you. That's when Jesus is like, give me a high five. You are awesome. That's when the Holy Spirit gives us that strength. That's when I swear it's like God lights up the path and says, it's okay. It's okay. Don't be ashamed. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. Don't be ashamed. Here's the path for you. And look around, friends. See all these faces around? I say this to the kids to do this all the time. I always tell the kids, I say, look around at these faces. These faces love you. I want you to look around here. Because, you know, back in the time of Jesus, Christians were judgmental. And there's still churches where Christians are judgmental and all that bad stuff today. But not here. In this church, I want you to look around. Because every single face in this church, I know it because I know all these faces. Every single face in this church loves you and wants you to succeed. Every single face in this church is praying for you and cares for you and genuinely wants to know how you're doing. Every single face in this church loves you and is ready to give you those high fives. Woo, you're doing awesome. Every single face in this church is ready to pray for you and cheer you on because that's the way of Jesus. The way of Jesus is not some judgmental way. We'll let the other churches mess that up. (laughs) The way of Jesus is a way of love and forgiveness and repentance. And that's what we're here for. And anybody who ever tells you that they never messed up, they lived a perfect life, well, they're lying to you about something. (laughs) We all mess up. And when we turn around, whew, Jesus totally gives us that high five. And gives us the strength that we need to carry on. Let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, thank you for loving us unconditionally. Thank you for being with us and caring for us, especially when we have messed up. Thank you for reminding us that we are never too lost. Thank you for reminding us that we have never gone too far, but we are always, always at a point when we can turn to you. 
Thank you, Lord, for your unconditional love. Thank you, Lord, for being our shepherd. Thank you, Lord, for seeing us as your sheep. Thank you, Lord. And Lord, we pray that you are always with us, always blessing us, always giving us those high fives, and we pray that we can be that community to one another as well, that we can be your community in your name. And we pray this and every prayer through Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Let us continue our worship through our tithes and offerings. I don't 
Let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen. Worship his holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship your holy name. The sun comes up, it's a new day dawning, it's time to sing. 
stands before me. Let me be singing when the evening comes. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all your goodness I will keep on singing. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before, oh my soul. I worship Your holy name. And on that day when my strength is failing, the end draws near and time has come still my soul will sing your praise unending ten thousand reasons and forevermore bless the Lord oh my soul oh my soul worship his holy His holy name Sing like never before Oh my soul I Worship your holy name Worship your holy name Lord I'll worship your holy Amen. And now as we go forth, we're not really going anywhere because I want you to do is I want everybody to stay in here for just a minute. We are going to gather in this first half of the sanctuary so you don't have to get super, super close to everybody, but enough where we can get a picture, a whole church picture because it is raining outside because it is. So since it's raining outside, what we're going to do is we are going to use the camera to take our picture, which means I'll need everybody to be basically somewhere behind this row, this row or in front of this row. Come gather this way and you're going to look at the camera. We're getting our Sunday school kids now and everybody 